0: states of america lately feel more like the united states of nottingham yeah i'm talking about robin hood prince john all of that i've never read the book i've never seen the real life movie but i have seen the best of the best of that story yeah i'm talking about the old cartoon that disney did man what a great movie that is i was watching that the other night with the kids and it just hit me wow The world that I live in now, that you live in now, it's a lot like Nottingham. You've got Joe Biden. He's Prince John. Kamala Harris. She is Sir Hiss. You've got Jerry Nadler. He's the sheriff. Now, the sheriff had a hard time keeping his pants up. Jerry Nadler has a hard time keeping his pants down. You know, he, he wears his pants up to his chest. Then you have Eric Trump. Eric Trump is Robin Hood, and Eric Trump is the future president of the United States of America someday. That I can tell you, believe me. Lara Trump is wife. She's made Marion, Rudy Giuliani, he's Little John. And uh, then, of course, Donald Trump. He is King Richard. If President Trump can pull this off, if he can get this re-election, it is a sign to the world that the hand of God is upon Trump. And there's a lot of people out there screaming. There's a lot of people out there yelling. There's a lot of people out there proclaiming that Christians need to stop watching the news. It's like right now everybody's saying, don't watch. Don't listen. Don't stay informed. It's ruining all of us. Well, what do you think Jesus meant when he said watch and pray? I think we need to keep our eyes and ears On this election. We need to be observing. We need to be watching. How else are you going to know how to pray? How else are you going to know how to live and to function? I think the missing ingredient here is some people are just watching. Then you got some people are just praying. We need to watch and pray. You've got to have both. And I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has been the eyes and the ears of the depths of this campaign uh, this election year and posting the details that you see and observe. Because I really haven't. I've kind of stayed out of it. I've kind of went private for the most part, except on this this podcast. Um, This podcast is my own place. It's my own platform. It doesn't reflect the feelings of the local church I serve, the feelings of the organization I serve. This is just the brain of Justin uh, Gleason being put on a on a audio format for you to listen to and hopefully enjoy. But this is the way I see it. What was going on in that story of Robin Hood of Nottingham? We have that same uh, thing happening here. There is forces of evil that is trying to subvert this country. We have our own enemies at the gates. And I get it. America is not the kingdom of heaven. Uh, The kingdom of heaven is its own thing created by God. It right now exists within his people. It right now exists all around us and within us. It's a kingdom that's hard to describe. The Lord just said, my kingdom is like mustard seed. Uh, My kingdom is like a farmer sowing seed. My kingdom is like this and this and this. And we pray for that kingdom to come. We pray for that kingdom to appear. And it will. It will. See, You know, you got people right now debating. Now, this election, I haven't really seen uh, people get that bent out of shape that they're not talking to each other anymore. I haven't. Now, the George Floyd issue, I saw people who were friends for years are no longer friends now over differences of opinions over that thing. That thing literally divided people. This election, I'm still pe- seeing people—Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Green Party—coming together under the same roof to worship the Lord. Uh, you know, they they bury the ha- <laughs> they bury the hatchet, as it were, uh, for church. But uh, Monday through Saturday on social media, oh, you better believe it, man. There, it's war. It's war, and it's kind of fun to watch. And I'm of the opinion ever ever since Pentecost began. There was freedom to vote for whoever you wanted to vote for. There was no political party that any preacher stood for. We stayed out of that. We just simply prayed. We just simply voted. And ultimately, our desire was for the kingdom of God to appear. But I'm of the opinion we need to be voting for whoever is going to be put into power and it not be so much better for our jobs and careers, although that is important, But rather, we need to be voting for and putting people in place who are best for the church, who are best for religious liberties. We need to be choosing politicians who are not going to try to stop and get in the way of the church here in the United States of America. That's who I traditionally vote for. That's who I traditionally try to promote. And I believe Donald Trump is the man for that as far as the White House is concerned. Uh, I can't I'm not going to tell you always vote Republican. I I went to a a Christian school that was that way. Their pastor got so swept up into politics and their message of salvation. It's like they changed the traditional (laughs) sinners prayer in that uh, you don't just pray. I'm a sinner. God come into my heart. But you pray that you sign a card and then you vow to vote Republican (laughs) And that, that's pretty much the, the, the gospel of that church and that school, which no longer exists uh, today, by the way. So, you know, there's a lot of preachers out there that are proclaiming preachers need to get involved in politics. Uh, I, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, do you know of any preachers that make good politicians? I mean, you look at that that schmo down there in Georgia. What's, what's his last name? Uh, Tightwad, Waddingham, Whittingham? Worthingham, Schmootingham, whatever his name is. I don't know. The, du- the dude with big eyes and big glasses who just divorced his wife earlier this year uh, who preaches the Jeremiah Wright doctrines, all that guy. What a dunce has he turned out to be. I, I-, I just don't think preachers make good politicians. <laughs> and I don't think fo- politicians make very good preachers. There's a reason in this culture we have set up the idea. It's not constitutional. It's not written in the Bill of Rights, but just this idea of the separation of church and state. So you got to watch out, preachers, how much you get involved in this stuff. It may be the very thing that brings you down. No, we are for the political party of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven. That's ultimately what we are. I've had people message me. And I, I don't care to comment too much on it now, but I'm I'm kind of working off script here. I'm going to answer the question: Is Jesus a Republican or a Democrat? Is God Republican or Democrat? It, well, <laughs> I I my answer is neither. Uh, it's a theocratic kingdom. the 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 kingdom of heaven is not a republic. It's not a republic. It's not a democracy. It is a kingdom. Everything's about the king. Everything is for the king. All things belong to the king. It is as it is as the king says. It's as the kingdom wants. You don't get to vote. Yeah, you get to pray. You get to pray. You get to petition the king. But there, there is no voting. There is no the people speak. Uh, it's whatever the kingdom wants. It is a theocracy, and it works great because we have a wonderful king. We don't have a corrupt king. And uh, he has shared his power with us in making us kings and priests. But what I think really is happening here, God controls and moves the nations of the world. He sets up nations. He removes nations. He sets up kings. He removes kings as uh, the prophet uh, Daniel uh, taught us. So I like this country. I like America. I want to keep it moving. I think the free capitalist market is the foundation of what this country is built upon and to try to rip and tear that apart would be like trying to rip and tear out the foundation of your house, or your favorite skyscraper, or or anything, it'd be like trying to to remove the tires off your car and hope it runs. The foundational principle of how this country moves and operates its economy, its way of life, its its way of living, is the free capitalist market. And uh, some people are making calls uh, for socialism. And as I've said in past episodes, socialism is, has worked. In some various pockets, in some various ways of the world, you know, you have Canada, and uh, Canada has a lot of socialistic ideas, and it seems to be a beautiful, well, well-run place. You have Israel has a lot of socialistic ideas. Well, they had socialism in, in, in the foundation of their beginning, those nations. America did not, and I believe God has used America to do a lot of great things. For instance, missions missions you you go you travel throughout the world you go to third world countries and you see a a, a missionary there 99.7% of the time it, it and I, and that's not scientific that's just my own <laughs> that's my own ratio but most of the time it's going to be american sure you may run into a german here an australian here and there but missions is done by americans it is done by Americans, good old white boys here in America, we get out and we do the work work of the mission of Jesus Christ. So you have that, and I, I believe we want to protect that. Okay, ask yourself right now, what system of man, governing system of man, economic plan of man, can God's blessings flow through the most at the best? Which way can God flow through the best? Okay, is it a capitalist society or a socialist society or a Democratic Socialist Society from Bernie Sanders. I will wave around my engorged purple fingers until we get uh, Democratic Socialism here in America. Okay, you know, you have that. Which way can the blessings of God flow through? Well, I would like to think that the blessings of God flow through whatever way the church has the most power. But through the ideas promoted by Joe Biden, the Harris Ticket, uh, there's more powerful government. There's more control for the government. I, I think uh, God can flow through basically better through a Republican and a, a capitalist uh, system. That's what's going to put more money in your pocket to give and to be a blessing as you please. Okay? Again, God's not Republican. He's a king. But as far as the nation, uh, nations of the world, how a nation operates— America will be blessed more. The church will be blessed more. The opportunities and blessings of God will be flowing more through a free, lightly regulated capitalist market. So that's why I vote that way. That's why I recommend you vote that way. But I ain't going to try to stop you. You can be my brother in Christ and make it to heaven by voting for Joe Biden and Harris. I know some people would disagree with that. But it it is what it is. So you you can be anything you want, and still be a part of the Spirit Signal Nation family, whatever you want to call it. I just simply call it a a pool of loyal a pool of loyal listeners. But uh, I I could go more into depth about this. I and maybe I will a little later on later on in the show. I I don't really have much written down today. It's just sort of me, coffee, my brain. And uh, whatever uh, the Lord just drops into my spirit uh, to talk about in regarding the times and the seasons that we are in. But 2020 has been the year of uncertainty. You know, during the quarantine and the pandemic, we didn't know what tomorrow held. And during this uh, election season, between now and whenever uh, uh, a new term starts for the White House and, and all of our branches of government, This is a time of uncertainty. We don't know what is going to happen. We used to know what would happen on election night, but not anymore. Not anymore. So the church is having to rely upon the word of God, especially what Jesus said Lord, give us our bread day by day. Day by day. Yeah, we believe in planning, we believe in setting goals, we believe in thinking about tomorrow. But for the most part, to keep your sanity, to keep your spirituality, all of those things, you need to start living day by day. The happiest people in the world live day by day, because if you get up and make a day of it, your tomorrow is going to be a, a good tomorrow. If you get up and make a day of it, your week is going to be a better week. So just you know, go day by day, make it happen day by day, and uh, the Lord will give you blessings. The Lord will give you success. So watch and pray. Don't just watch. Don't just pray. Keep your eyes open. Watch. And pray, observe, learn, interpret the signs, interpret the signals of God. What is happening in the world? What is happening in the world? I just asked you uh, what governing system would work best for the blessings of God to flow through the church. And I think a Republican free capitalist market is the best for the blessings of God to flow through the church so we can uh, fund missions, fund the work of the church. Uh, Be a blessing to those who uh, get in trouble. Uh, Be a blessing to those who have a sudden tragedy happen to them. You know, like, for instance, what happened to Job, you know, things like that to come alongside and to help people. I'm not talking about uh, giving money to sloths, uh, giving money to the sluggish uh, who refuse to work. And in their refusal to work, they say, I have fallen on hard times. You, You know what I'm talking about. Those of you who run the church phones, you know what I'm talking about. The, the third and the fourth week of the month, these people call up and, and ask in the church, do y'all pay light bills? Do y'all pay this? Do you pay that? You know, they're slugs. They're slugs. They're sloths. Solomon wrote about them in Proverbs. Apostle Paul talked about them. It's people who will not work. People who will not work. I, I, I don't think we're called to help those people. If you want to help them out, be my guest. I would rather put money towards somebody who wants to work and just they're a little bit down on their luck. Uh, bad things happen, sickness, tragedy. You know, that happens. You know, you, you have an earthquake stri- strike, you know, you, there's nothing you can really do about that. So I believe uh, that it pleases the Lord to help people in that in that type of way. Okay. But l- now let's talk about what what system will work best for the Antichrist, okay? Does Antichrist need big government or little government? Well, <laughs> well, you look at the the plan of attack by the beast, it is big government. It's big control. He decides what can be produced and not produced. He decides who can buy and sell. And uh, if you want to be able to buy and sell in that time, you have to take his mark, You take his name. And you have to worship him. It, it, is, it is total d- government control. Well, democratic policies require big government. Socialist policies require huge government. And, of course, full-blown communists, the old hammer and sickle, that requires massive, massive government. Uh, you take even a look, uh, a look at political Islam. Nations who are run by political Islam are extremely socialistic and, dare I say, even communistic. All right? So, yeah, you have that. So I don't think Antichrist is trying to filter the Republican Party. He can't win with them. Maybe he can try a few little turncoats here and there. No names mentioned. All you rhinos, we know who you are out there. But he's infiltrating the big governing systems. Uh, to create a big government and a global government, the globalism. So, I, you know, is, is socialism the most dangerous form of government out there? No, it's not. Is communism the most dangerous form out there? You know what? It, it's dangerous, but it's not. It's not. It, um, is uh, what, what, what was the other one we mentioned? Dem- democratic socialism, all that? No, it's not. The, the most dangerous form of government out there that the beast is trying to infilter Infiltrate is globalism. Globalists are the most dangerous politicians out there. Whenever they start preaching and teaching, globalists, that is code for we're setting the world up for one man to come and take control and power and to make an end of all things and set up a kingdom for himself, and that is the son of perdition. The wicked one, as foretold uh, by the prophets of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. So that's why we get out and vote. And that's why we get out and vote correctly and we pray correctly and we watch and pray and we wait for the kingdom of heaven because in waiting for the kingdom of heaven, you slow down and you hinder the Antichrist until we are taken out of the, out of the way, as Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. That's the rapture, the catching of the, away of the church. So you're here to listen. I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason, a podcast proudly made. In the United States of America. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other podcast platforms. Uh, I don't monetize, so if you want to give back to me, please give back by subscribing, giving us a great review and rating. Go back and listen to our past episodes. We have developed a very good library with excellent God, Bible, and church content. And in subscribing, please watch for our future weekly episodes. And then, of course, tell somebody about Spirit Signal. Scroll down and reference your episode notes for my contact information and how you can follow me on social media. Podcasting is the future. I want to talk about Parler. Parler was kind of a fringe social media app, and uh, a a few of my friends earlier this year were talking to me uh, about it, namely uh, Jason Atkins. The uh, founder of Man Eats While and Akko Fishing. Go check out his stuff. I'm telling you, he makes great stuff. If you're not hungry, follow him on social media. Just look at one uh, meal he prepares, one of his recipes, and you're going to get hungry. The man can cook, the man can hunt, the man can fish. And he told me about Parler. And I joined Parler this past July. I thought, you know, he mentioned that. A lot of the things that I do, a lot of people on Parler would enjoy. So I, I got on Parler and I just kind of let it sit there. I would just sort of whatever I posted on other social media platforms, I would post on Parler. And I kid you not, last week I thought about deleting my Parler because nothing was happening on Parler. Uh, I really didn't like the way the app looked, I didn't really like the way the app operated. And I get it, it's, it, you know, you put your stuff out there and you're not going to be censored. There is no censorship on parlor. It's it's free speech. You know, good America, say whatever you want. And I was going to delete it because I didn't see any activity on it. But then this week I, I get on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and everybody's like posting their parlor usernames. I mean, just the entire news feed. It's just parlor, 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 parlor. And I'm like, man, am I glad that I did not delete my parlor? So if you're uh a parlor, a parley, a parter, a farter, whatever, you want to follow me on Parlor, you can find me at Justin C. Gleason. We'll be there uncensored, and uh, we'll be posting some of our, our stuff on there, and we hope that uh, we have a great presence on Parlor. I want to read to you uh, from the book of First Kings. First Kings chapter 1, verse 5. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself saying I will be king and he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him on over to chapter number 2 verse 21 she said this is Bathsheba speaking to the to the king let Abishag King Abish- uh, Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, speaking to her son, who is now king, King Solomon, let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother as wife. And King Solomon answered and said to his mother, Now why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite of, uh, for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my older brother, for him and for Abiathar the priest and for Joab the, the son of Zeruiah. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, May God do so to me, and more so also, if Adonijah has not spoken this word against his own life. Now therefore, as the Lord lives, who has confirmed me and set me on the throne of David my father, and who has established a house for me, as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, and he struck him down and he died. I I love to take the Bible cuz and 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 apply it to today, interpret and apply it for today. There's a lot of people that read the Bible and they think, "Oh, that's back then. And the world I live in nowadays nowadays is completely different than the world that I read about in the Bible." Well, think again. There's a lot a lot of the same practices and principles in the Bible and human beings as they were back then are the same today. Look, just because they had a, a scroll and we have iPhones now, it, there really is not so much any difference. Just because they had sandals back then and we wear Crocs nowadays, uh, there, there is no difference. Just because they had a sundial out in their backyard and we now have a watch on our wrist, there really is no differences. There, the Bible is written and it's timeless. It's timeless. God chose certain portions in history to establish his word in the culture that it was in. But I'm telling you, there's really not much difference nowadays, especially when it uh, comes to politics, especially when it comes to promotion, especially when it comes to how people exalt themselves. And how they did it back then is the same way nowadays. In, In this story, David, the king, the one who wrote Psalm 23, the one who slew Goliath, one who wrote all of those prophetic, powerful uh, scriptures in the Psalms. David, his life came to an end. He prophetically saw that man's allotted days would be three score and ten. That's 70 years old. And in the 70th year of his, of his life, uh, his life began to decline, and the days of his passing to be gathered together to his father's was approaching. And the, the people loved King David. They wanted him to live forever. And as a measure of last resort, they looked all throughout the kingdom and found the most beautiful, the prettiest, the most elegant woman out there. And her name was Abishag. She was a virgin, and she was brought before the king to minister to him, the Bible says. Uh, She ministered to him. And in ministering to him, they were hoping that it would bring the king some physical, biological energy. We're trying to keep this as family appropriate as possible. Interpret 1 Kings 1 as you will uh, for this. But the Bible said the king could not get warm. He had some type of hypothermia. But he, he couldn't move. He had to stay under the covers. And not even the beauty of, of uh, Abishag gave him any type of energy or life. And so the king, the people knew the king is dying. The king is dying. And one of his sons, Adonijah, just said, Oh. It's time for me to be king. And he got a bunch of people who he thought to be popular and great in the land. And uh, they went down to a certain place, sacrificed a lot. And everybody that was with him shouted and proclaimed, Adonijah is the king. Adonijah exalted himself. God did not choose him. His father did not choose him. And the true prophets and the true priests of the land. And the true warriors of the land, the true patriots of Israel, did not choose him. Adonijah chose himself. And he thought, because I get out there and proclaim this first, that I am going to be exalted. (laughs) Because I have got out there and said, Adonijah is king, and I have thrown my own party, and I have proclaimed it first, I have spoken first, I am now the king. And then, of course, you read later on in the story. Bathsheba goes to her husband, David, and she says, did you not promise me that our son Solomon would be king? And David said, yes, I sure did. And David called for the prophet, the priest, called for military power and said, proclaim Solomon to be king. The Lord has spoken and I have spoken. And Solomon was established to be king. And Solomon, in his first act of wisdom, uh, showed mercy to his self-promoting, shameless self-promoting brother, Adonijah. And he let him live. Well, later on, after Solomon is king, Adonijah uh, doesn't go directly to Solomon, but gets Solomon's mother. He tries to manipulate the mother into going to Solomon and to request for him that he would give Abishag to be his wife. Now, now this is what I see in this. Sometimes the Bible doesn't explain the why. You have to read in between the lines. Sometimes the most powerful portions of the Bible are not the black letters, but it's the white space in between those letters and phrases. And he, in thinking that he could ask Solomon's mother for Abishag, you know what I'm thinking here? It's Abishak and everybody knew that Solomon had wisdom in who he would marry. And in a way, his wives were a, a portion of his success. Because not behind every man, but beside every man is a good woman that helped put him there. I'm a witness and a testimony for this. I saw my ministry go to another level after I started dating the lovely Sister G. And my life went to a totally new level after we got married. And I tell you what, her prayers, her prayers took my ministry to another level. And I thank God for her wisdom and her counsel that uh, the Lord has given to me. See, a wife is a blessing, and Abishag, her beauty, her wisdom, her instruction, she was the last woman to ever try uh, to be a blessing to the king. Adonijah thought, now if I can have the best woman throughout the land, maybe then I could possibly be king. And that is why Solomon was so angry, so angry that his brother would ask for Abishag. It's like Adonijah says, if I can say I'm king first, then I can be king. Well, that didn't work out. So now if I can have the best woman out there by my side, I can now be king. And Solomon knew there is only wickedness in Adonijah's heart. And that's why he cut him off. So you have your Adonijah who tried to be king by self-proclaiming himself first to be the president and now by trying to have the best woman by his side throughout the land, that he could now be, not president, excuse me, king of the land. All right? I see here the same pattern with former Vice President Joe Biden. Joe Biden is now Joe Adonijah. He's the one that on election night stood up and said, I'm president. We have clearly won. And by the way, that uh, deal where he walks out of the house and there's all those Jeeps out there honking their horns at him, there are experts that have looked at that and said that was not live, that was pre recorded. The way he looks, the way he sounds, some of the various things and details that they saw, you're just uh, going to have to look it up. They're saying that was pre recorded. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But all I know is that he wanted to get out there and first. And, and proclaimed first that he had won. Yeah, it's Joe Adonijah. And not only that, but he has bragged on his running mate, Kamala Harris. It's like he's saying, because I proclaimed it first that I'm president and because I have a woman running with me, I deserve to be president. All right, well, I got news for you, Joe Adonijah. You know, it's it's great to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, who will? And I think it's awesome that we ha- that it's opened the doors for, for women uh, to, to be in positions like that. I think that, that, that is truly remarkable. That is truly great how far we have come as a country for that. I believe in that. I do not hinder women from uh, being promoted in the workplace, from being promoted to ministry. I believe in that. God created man and he created woman. He's given us uh, the Holy Ghost. If a man can be filled with the Holy Ghost, a woman can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, women can be used in the gifts of the Spirit, all of that. I, When I worked in the secular world, I had phenomenal uh, women bosses. You know, it's, I, I'm not against that. And I, I think that that is a special thing, that it's something that we should be excited about. But here Joe Biden is out there promoting himself and promoting that he's got a woman by his side as if he deserves to be president for these things. That's not how this works. Oh, no. You can't exalt yourself in that way and expect to be president or expect to be involved in any type of ministry. He who exalts himself shall be brought down, the Bible says. That's what Satan tried to do in heaven. He said, I will ascend, I will go, I will arise. He wanted to go further than what the Lord had declared him to be, and because of that, he will be brought down. You can't self-proclaim yourself to be president. God decides that. And here in America, our votes, the people decide that. So I've been praying for the truth to come out. This election, it is anyone's guess. I have not seen prophetically if Donald Trump is to be president again. All I know is God told me a light remains in Washington. And somehow that light could be the White House, it could be the Senate, it could be the House. I don't know. I don't know. Somehow there will be a light that remains there that could be Donald Trump. I don't know. That prophetic word, we will not understand it until it is fulfilled. But there are people out there that are saying, I've had a dream. I've had a dream Donald Trump will be reelected. Well, I appreciate your faith, you know. But if you're going to make that type of prophecy, don't leave yourself and out. Uh, there's other people that have been posting on social media that Uh, they, uh, traveled, they time traveled and they saw (laughs) Donald Trump reelected. Apparently some guy from the future came back and visited us and and said that Donald Trump is president. I don't know. I don't know. But in talking about how you want to be promoted, how you want to be a leader, you want to go far and wide in ministry. You want to go far and wide through your career. Let me tell you this. Self exaltation is not the way to go. It'll only take you so far. And you look at people throughout the Bible, look at people throughout history who exalted themselves, they usually die a horrific death. And they usually lose their position and, tro- and title very suddenly. It's like stripped from them. You look at this, it, it, this works even in uh, professional sports. People who celebrate it too early, all of a sudden they lose. Yeah, I'm talking about you, San Francisco 49ers. You thought you had that Super Bowl one. And then the sacred arrowhead stood up, and we threw the tomahawk, and the Chiefs took the Super Bowl win. Yeah. This happens at work. This happens in families. <laughs> People who exalt themselves and think they've got it made, and they're the leader, and they're in charge because they simply have a big mouth and said they were, uh uh-uh. uh. Or they think because they have the hottest girlfriend or they have the the most accomplished secretary, or whatever. Oh, no. You want to know how you're exalted in the kingdom of God, in your family, at work, in your church, wherever? It all has to do with the favor that is bestowed upon your life from the Lord and those who have gone on before you. You've got to have the favor of God. You've got to have the favor of the elders. You've got to have the favor of the people. It works this way in church and in business. To truly succeed, you got to have those things. Not only favor, but it is fruit. What fruit do you have? What have you produced? Jesus taught you will know men by their fruits. If you're one of those people, the only fruit you have is flattering words and good things to say, that's not fruit. That's all talk, no action. But look at your fruits, look at the resume. Look at the record. Look at what you've accomplished. Jesus did this. He said, look at the miracles I've done. Look at the signs I've performed. Look at my teachings. Look at my people. Look at my disciples. And that'll tell you what kind of person you are. So yeah, if you're exalting yourself as a great man of God and you've pastored seven churches and all seven churches have been pretty much burnt to the ground, uh, you don't have good fruit. You don't have good fruit. That person on the job that's gunning for that promotion position and you look at their history and there's a lot of shady deals. There's a lot of rumors going around that he or she has uh, had immoral indiscretions to get themselves all the way to the top. There's a lot of (laughs) news out there about a, uh, a certain person that's uh, in this election uh, with those types of uh, accusations. Oh, yeah. You know, you have that type of fruit. Is that the, ki- the kind of person, you know, that's typically exalted? Well, yeah, but not for very long. Yeah, favor, fruit, and, of course, friends. Do you know how to make good friends, or do you just view people as objects to help you advance? True and good relationships, and that doesn't just apply to boyfriend, girlfriend, fiancé, spouse, all that. That applies to just how you connect with people. That is how you're exalted in this world and in the kingdom of God. Favor, fruit, and friends. That's how you build it. That's how you grow it. That's how you do it. And I believe that God has a plan and God has a will uh, during this election. No, no matter what, you know, I've, I've heard some people say that, you know, if Joe Biden doesn't get elected, that's the end of the church. uh Well, our local church had revival during the Obama years. Uh, We certainly did. We grew. Uh, We've had revival during the Trump years. We had revival during the Clinton years. We had revival during the Bush years, the Reagan years. Uh, If if you want to have revival, you can have revival no matter who is president, okay? That shouldn't matter. It just has a lot to do with the spirit world. It has a lot to do with the spirit world. If any of you are wore out during this election, you know what you're feeling. You are feeling the clash of the spirit world, the principalities and the powers. That's what you are truly feeling. You are truly <laughs> feeling what is happening in the in the spirit world. And uh, we're a spiritual people. We're a sensitive people, and that's why we got to pray uh, to draw strength. So we'll see what happens. I really don't know. It's anyone's guess. Moving on to my view of some of the news that is out there. Uh, I like CBNnews.com. I've been uh, reading and watching what they post lately. read an article by them entitled, Arsonist is given 25 years in prison for burning three historically black churches. Matthew Holden, a Louisiana man who admitted to burning down three predominantly African-American churches to promote himself as a black metal musician, was sentenced Monday to 25 years in prison and ordered to pay the church's $2.6 million. Matthews admitted to setting the fires because of the religious character of these buildings in an effort to raise his profile as a black metal musician by copying similar crimes committed in Norway in the 1990s. I remember that. As CBN News is reporting, Matthew's self-promotion, including taking pictures and videos of the two burning churches and posting them on Facebook, Matthew's told the judge, pastors, and congregations of the three Baptist churches that he is deeply sorry and wanted them to know that he has re- recovered his faith in God. Hmm. There are not enough words in the English language to say how sorry I am. If I could go back and change it, I would. I not only have hurt my real family and friends, but I have hurt my brothers and sisters in Christ. These churches trace their origins to the post-Civil War Reconstruction period and for generations were in place for predominantly African-American Christians to gather, pray, worship, and celebrate their faith assistant attorney general eric drailband of the civil rights division said in the news release the church has survived for nearly 150 years but not survive but did not survive this defendant's warped act of hatred hmm. my comments as, as i read this article you need to read the whole article two things kept coming to my mind in and lo- looking at this psycho matthew holden Two things, drugs and mental illness. Drugs and mental illness. And, of course, I get to the article, and I read, The judge asked the Bureau of Prisons to put Matthew in prison near his family and to ensure that he gets substance abuse counseling and mental health treatment. You you read this article, and you wonder, Why is this dude burning these churches down? None of it makes sense. Well, when you're on heavy drugs, And it fuels your your mental insanity. Yeah, you're going to do crazy things like this. We don't have a fire problem in this country. And we don't have a firearms problem in the United States of Nottingham. We have a drug and mental illness problem. And dare I say just mental insanity. Madness. Madness. This kid is trying to exalt his band, his bl- what black metal band, whatever that means. He's a, he's a white kid, a, a, a doofus that does need to be locked away for the rest of his life as far as I'm concerned, for burning down churches to exalt himself. Let me tell you what, uh, uh, black metal dude, your band sucks. I haven't even listened to it, and I, can, I already can tell it's crap that's not how bands get promoted. You don't, you don't get people to look at you because of what you destroy or what you do. You want to be exalted as a musician. You want to go places. You don't do stupid things like this to be seen and heard. That, that's just like what Black Lives Matter and Antifa did. To make a statement, they have to burn and destroy. That's the only way they can get attention because they know that their message That their message and their ideas and their vision will never work. So instead, they've got to use uh, terrorism. They've got to use fear. And that is what this idiot, this idiot Matthew Holden did in burning down these churches. Oh, I'm so mad about this. You want to be promoted. You want people to hear and see what you do. You need the anointing of God. You need to practice and develop a talent. And then you need to add value. That's how this works. I'm calling every church. I'm calling every saint. Anytime you come to your church on Sundays, Wednesdays, whenever you gather, when you walk in, you need to lay hands on your church, the physical campus, and pray over it. Because that spirit of arson is alive and well. Whenever BLM and Antifa first really came on the scene, I was here in the church and I was laying hands on the campus and I started coming against the spirit of arson. And there was a major shift in the spirit world when that happened. All of the power in this church, I'm talking about the electricity, went down for about seven seconds and then it came on. Usually when there's a, a shift in the spirit world, movement in the spirit world, electricity begins to behave differently. And I felt it and I saw it. So, yeah, the spirit of arson, it's out there. They're trying to torch businesses, torch neighborhoods, and they're going to come after churches. Lay your hands on your church and ask God to protect it because that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to burn it down, burn it down to make a scene and to make a statement. That's why you've got graffiti. That's why you've got all this destruction because these little small people who are wanting to be seen, who are wanting to be seen, who are wanting to be heard. They have no message. They have no hope. They have nothing really to say. All they have to get attention is to burn. Well, you know what? I'm sure you got a lot to think about there in prison. And you know what? This schmuck, this dunce, this putz, he wouldn't, he's only sorry since he got caught. But now he's saying, oh, I've let, I've, let, I've let down my family. I've let down my friends. Whatever. Those were beautiful, historic churches. Places where people could come and get healed. And you wanted to make a statement for your black metal by burning down churches. Give me a break. Give me a break. Have fun in prison, man. I hope you learn a lot. Mm. I'm sure he'll be excited to have more drugs. I'm sure he'll be excited to have some crazy psychiatrist who will project his own insanity on him. Lord, help us. I want to say a big thank you to all of you who have been listening to us this year. When I set out to do Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason, I, I, di- I didn't know how it would go, but it has caught on. And what has encouraged me to most is to receive great feedback from people how much this uh, podcast means to you and the value that's added to you. Uh, reading from Apple Podcast Reviews, Roy in Mississippi says, I love this podcast. I appreciate it. It's uplifting. I love the word of knowledge and faith. And I even told my granddaughter about Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason. Thank you, Brother Roy, for listening and referring this podcast to your family. Uh, reading again from Apple Podcast Reviews. Sister, Ra- Sister Rachel Lavender. She says, I love this podcast. I listen weekly. But for the first time, I disagree. Ooh. I disagree with the statement, happiness is for kids. Responsibility is for adults. We, we've we been saying that for the last few weeks. She further says, In my opinion, happiness is a choice and a discipline. It is an art to find daily happiness in the beauty of life and simple things. Happiness is for everyone. My name is Rachel, and I approve of every word I have written. P.S. I hope this five-star post makes you happy. Uh." All right, Spirit Signal, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Sister Rachel has set the record straight on this idea that happiness is for kids, responsibility is for adults. Sister Rachel has, has set the record straight. I, just 2020 has changed my mood on happiness. Uh, it's been very difficult for me to uh, find happiness this year, as many people uh, are kind of in the same boat as me. But Sister Rachel, you are right, and my guess has been wrong. And, yes, I do love those five stars. Thank you so much. Sister Rachel, I want to say to you and everybody, yes, happiness is for kids, but it's also for teenagers. It's for adults. Happiness is for people in their teens. It's for people in their 20s. It's for people in their 30s. It's for people in their 40s. It's for people in their schmorties. It's for people in their 50s. It's for people in their schmitties, whatever age you are. I believe in health at any size, and now I believe, after reading this review, that you can have happiness at any age. Thank you so much, Sister Rachel, for helping us see what happiness is and how to have it more clearly, that it is an art and it is a discipline. And like Paul, I have thought myself into happiness today. Sister Jessica Cantrell on Instagram left us left us a really nice comment in saying that she can't wait for a Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason episode. And last week, she got a babysitter just so she could listen. And she uh, prayed and wished us that God's anointing would be upon our words. Thank you so much, Sister Jessica Cantrell. And you know you're a loyal listener when you're getting babysitters just so you can listen, just so you can listen to Spirit Signal. What a compliment. Uh, we had a, a recent um, a festival celebrating fall here at our church. It, it was a lot of fun. You know, there was a lot of things here at our local church that we canceled this year because of 2020, or because of COVID-19 here in the year 2020. A, a lot of things uh, uh, surrounding uh, the Easter season, surrounding the summer. And we were going to cancel our annual fall festival, but there was so much backlash. I mean... Uh, there was so much blowback on that, and people protested and said, uh-uh, you are not taking away our fall fest. I'm going to dress up my kid in a cute costume, and bless God, we're going to eat candy, we're going to eat burgers, we're going to eat hot dogs, and we're going to have some fun this fall. And I said, okay, okay, all right, all right. Uh, Ooh, not going to argue with that. And I'm so glad we did it. I'm so glad we did it. We had so much fun. But uh, one of the sisters in our church uh." Because this isn't public, anything that, that is said to me that's not for, for public knowledge, we kind of conceal your identity. We're just going to say Sister A.H. She come up to me during Fall Fest, and she said, Brother Justin, I want you to know that me and my family all listen to Spirit Signal. And we listen to it separately, and then we come together after we've worked hard all day. We come together as a family, and a lot of times our family ends up talking about what you talk about on Spirit Signal. I That's so awesome. You know, podcasting to me is something you, it's a solidarity enjoyment. I listen to podcasts by myself. I don't listen to it with my wife or my kids or anybody else. It's just me and whoever's talking. But I'm learning now that it's becoming a family thing, and I got to watch out (laughs) for that uh, and and watch uh, some of my content because it can get a little bit uh, church-friendly, PG-13, if you will. But I was talking to Paul Aid a lot yesterday, and he said my wife and I have been listening to this, and I'm like, oh man, ooh. So families are listening to this, and they're and they're talking about it. So we're uh, we're going to be mindful of that and creating commentary. It's 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 like families back in the 30s and 40s. They didn't gather around the TV to watch it together. They gathered around their radio. So people are gathering around their iPhones, their Androids, around the dinner table. And they're listening to SSWJG and then talking about it. Families are riding in the cars together, and they're listening to, to this podcast. They're taking screenshots of it and sending them to me, and we're posting that on Instagram. So, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Take a screenshot of how and where you listen to uh, these episodes, and we will acknowledge that. So uh, thank you for that, that uh, kind compliment, Sister A.H. We appreciate that. God bless you and your family. I received a message at spiritsignaljg at gmail.com from JF uh, with a question. He says, Brother Gleason, do you believe the Old Testament prophets heard the voice of God? The voice of God in the same way as we as New Testament believers hear the voice of God. You've described it as the audible voice we hear in our head. Okay, this is a great question. I like this. Uh, to answer your question, do, did the Old Testament guys hear this? Hear the voice of the Lord? It's the same way as the New Testament guys. Yes, uh, in a way. You, you look in the New Testament, Second Peter 1, verse 21, it says, For prophecy neither came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit. So to answer your question, yes. I mean, God's voice is the same in both covenants. His Spirit uh, moved the same in both covenants. God... It remains the same, always remains the same. The covenant has changed. Uh, the mission has changed a little bit. It was all about the kingdom of Israel in the Old Testament. Now it's about the kingdom of heaven in the New Testament. Uh, however, God is certainly not done with Israel. As Paul taught uh, concerning the gospel, uh, the Jews, Israel can be viewed as an enemy. But concerning the election, they are brothers. So, but, but as far as God speaking, it's the same way. God spoke in the same manner. God speaks audibly. He speaks through signs. He speaks through wonders. He, of course, speaks through the Holy Scripture that we have. But as far as the voice of God goes, how it works for me, I call it audible thought. Audible thought. So, JF, think about this right now. I want you to say your name right now in your head. Yeah, you got it? Did you hear you, yourself say your name with your, your ears? No. You heard it through audible thought, your own audible thought. That's how God speaks to me. I don't hear it with my ears. I hear it through my audible thoughts. I can hear my thoughts, all right? It, it's the same way with a vision. I want you right now to see in your mind a strawberry, okay? Now, I want you right now to see uh, in your mind a bottle of hand sanitizer. Can you see those things? I, I just randomly thought of that. Just pulled that out of the air. Maybe because I had strawberries for breakfast and maybe because I have a uh, about 10 bottles of hand sanitizer left over from, from Fall Fest. We, we had hand sanitizers at every station so people could sanitize themselves at, at Fall Fest. And thankfully, there was not a COVID-19 outbreak, so go hand sanitizer. Okay, you see those things in your head? Imagine right now uh, visible mind's eye images appearing in your mind right now. You see them? Okay, imagine that. That is what a vision from God feels like. When you know you didn't think it, you know nobody else thought it, you know it came from somewhere else. It came from the Lord. That is what a mind's eye vision is like. So that's how it works for me. That's how it worked a lot for people in the Bible. Now Sometimes God openly speaks audibly, and sometimes God openly gives uh, visions. It's like a visual TV right in front of you. But then sometimes it works uh, through the consciousness, the subconsciousness. It works a lot of times through thought. So I I think uh, Peter answers that in his uh, second epistle. On Instagram, TW sent me a direct message, and he says, Brother Gleason, I'm 17, and I am interested in a girl at my church who is 22. She says I'm too young, but she really enjoys our friendship. But I know that there is more. She told our pastor's wife that she likes me, and I have made it known. I guess, to the whole church, that I like her as well. My pastor said to wait and that I need to graduate high school first before I pursue a relationship. The 22-year-old beautiful girl I like, she is taking online college classes, and I am taking online high school classes. What's your advice? Uh, Well, first of all, bro, you are a total stud to have somehow generated romantic Christian Sparks with a girl that is uh, five years older than you. Wow. I'm serious, man. Go you. That's awesome. That's rare. I, I didn't have a 22-year-old that was attracted to me when I was 17. Not a chance. I'm I had. i <laughs> I'm five years older than my wife. That's how it worked out for me, okay? But uh, to answer your question seriously, I like seeing uh, youth group kids become interested in each other and uh, Lord willing, family willing, pastor willing, church willing, they date, get engaged, and get married. I, you need to be looking to the church for your future spouse. Don't don't, don't look in the movie theater. Don't look at the bars. Uh, don't look at the psychos on Instagram. Don't do that. You need to be finding them in church. You need to marry a good church girl. You need to marry a church guy, okay? I believe in that. I've been saying it for years. Single people, Christian single people, if they're the marrying type, they need to get married and enjoy life with each other. Okay, now, if you've been called to be single, then be single. That's written in the New Testament. Be single. If God has called you, established you, it is obvious you are to be single, then go for it. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But for those of us that feel led to be married, you need to get married and married somebody in church. I'd say to you, T.W., uh, I recommend what your pastor is saying. You need to wait. You're in high school, man. Just like Jacob served seven years for Rachel, if this is true love between you and this uh, girl that you're interested in that's five years older than you, you need to work. You need to accomplish. And, and as you wait, you need to accomplish. So you need to get your high school of, of diploma. Don't go for the GED, the good enough diploma. If, if you've got the brains and you've got the discipline to get a diploma, go for it, okay? Get that diploma. Uh, you need to finish school, and you need to get a job. Get a job, get an inch, start, start with an entry level job, flip some burgers, fry some fries, do that. And then, uh, take the next step and work your way up from something. And then after that, I think you can start to begin to pursue a serious and healthy relationship, uh, with this girl that is five years older than you. So that's my advice. Uh, let me know how that works out. JM sent us a direct message on Instagram and he says, hello, brother Gleason, I listened to your podcast on healthy relationships. You mentioned how if you're in a healthy relationship, you should be getting closer with your family. Was that meaning your own family or your significant other's family? Uh, First of all, I hate the phrase significant other. Don't ever message me that again. Eliminate that from your vocabulary. Significant other is used by Christians who think it's okay to shack up with somebody. That's the, <laughs> that's the phrase they use. And I, I learned this the hard way. We learned this the hard way, our church. We, Back in the days when we used to have testimony services and anybody and whoever could get up in that microphone, and we had some lady, a first-time guest, get up there and want to say something, and all of us sunk down into our seats as she said, me and my significant other have been going through something and and told us all their mess, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, if you're going to be dwelling together, you need to be married. Otherwise, it's fornication. It's adultery. Uh, Significant other is is code for sin. Significant sin. Okay, so if you're shacked up with this girl, you need to get your stuff and move out or kick her out or do something. Or you guys both leave that place and anoint it with oil and sanctify it and then maybe come back together after you're married. You can't be having significant others. But I'm going to assume the best that you're just referring to your girlfriend. Okay, J.M.? Your, your apostolic girlfriend, who you're courting, who you're dating. And my idea as a sign of a healthy relationship, this person that you're with should motivate you to want to draw closer to your family. And yes, draw closer to her family. There needs to be a connect in the family. But if who you're dating, it's driving a wedge between you and your family, that is a sign that it's probably not the will of God. It's probably not the will of God. Your parents who brought you into this world, who love you, who prayed for you, who are feeding your face, who are taking care of you, who are setting you up for success, they need to have a say in who you date. And if you find yourself hating your mother over this girlfriend, she ain't the girl for you. If you find yourself disrespecting your father over this guy you're dating, then he ain't for you. You should be, it should be growing together, it should be being brought together, all right? Okay, listen to your family. There's wisdom in your family. So you need to be keeping your family and your friends and your pastor, all of those people in the loop. I'm Justin Gleason. Thank you so much for listening to Spirit Signal. I hope you have a great day. Watch and pray.